When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Life the Tower here on the Horn. Craig White, Jeff Howe, and our producer Cameron Parker. I realize it was um, probably not the best timing. For, no. For on a day when we had canvassed the Specs text line at 3373776 and had some absolutely marvelous, wonderful responses to our question. What would be your guilty pleasure food? And we'd run down some of them, and I'm going to run down some more here in a minute. Then on that same day and within the same hour's time frame, I mentioned yeah, the selling dang, of body parts. That's a dang parts. coaching mistake on your part. Hey, Cameron, yeah. so what's going on on the TV behind me? You guys scream at people's shows? Uh, no, no, I flipped off of the uh, screaming people's shows. Hey, Cam looked like he wanted to flip off somebody with the <laughs> expression on his face earlier. No, it was just highlights of uh, Lakers and Warriors, that kind of thing. So there was a. You, did you you didn't get any Lakers Warriors viewing? I did not. Night, did no, you? I went to. Y'all notice how like good of a mood I'm in today? Like I, I went to bed early last night yeah. for a change. Yeah. So you feel more rested then? I do. I woke up this morning. I was like, man, I don't feel groggy or tired well, or nothing. Good. I'll yeah. try to. Why don't this TV turn on? Like, yeah, it wouldn't know. work. We got like 95 remotes in the studio and yeah. like. Yeah. None and of them they work. only and they only partially work in some fashions. Kind of when they want TVs. to. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I, I I did say that, and I didn't mean to, you know, tie the two together: the selling of body parts along with um, your uh, guilty pleasure food. <laughs> but we we started with the guilty Gross. pleasure food first. So uh, we've had some great responses. Somebody said, I don't know if it's still there, but in Corpus Christi, there was a restaurant called Guacamole, <laughs> like Guacamole, <laughs> Chinese Mexican buffet. <laughs> okay. Chinese Mexican buffet. Yeah. Um, somebody asked about Casey Thompson, the portal. Yeah, we, we talked about that last week. Said stay in the fight for a spot. Don't get it. He's got he's gotten more P5 interest than I thought he would get. Like, did he take a visit? Cam Zari took a visit to Auburn or is going to visit Auburn? I think so. I don't yeah. know. It's officially happened. Yeah. yeah. So there's some interest there. Uh, somebody let me know. There is a Weichel's Bakery in the Foodies Corner on Toll 183A, just north of where the 183 and uh, 183A, the toll road intersect. It's been up about two. Did not know that. Uh, somebody else, uh, Cam, weighing in on spam for Cam, saying thin cut fried spam on a burger instead of bacon. Spam fried rice. It's like the Monty Python thing. Spam, 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 spam. You know. Then there was the, uh, you know, the spam a lot. The, the whole. Uh, 
that that big spam fest. I knew people that would do that. Uh, late to the wait, party. Wait, wait, wait. Spam fest? Oh yeah, with all the different spam kinds. Spam fest, huh? All the kind. Of, it, it's called something else. I called it that, but it's not. It's called something <laughs> else like that. And you had uh, all people with different creations with spam. And, and could do it that way. So we said, late to the party on this guilty pleasure thing. I like to eat black-eyed peas on bread with ketchup. That's Ew. gross. Y'all, I, like I, nasty I got it. I haven't heard of that, and I haven't heard of uh, coleslaw on pizza. But we've had people say that, listen, this is guilty pleasure eating, okay? Convenience store, twin chili dogs, Doritos, and chocolate milk. I've said this before. My brother, Joe, is a hardcore connoisseur of gas station food. Yeah. Like he'll he'll he'll, he'll, he'll bypass the fast food places and he'll, go straight and he'll go to straight it. to the gas station hot dog or yeah. corn dog or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody Taquitos. else. <laughs> we were talking about the hoodies earlier. It said hoodies is the best sub ever. They're in Round Rock. You ever had one of those deals where like you're you're on the road late at night and like there's nothing to eat except you find a gas station. You see that lonely taquito that's probably been sitting there for about. 18 hours, and you're, you just, you think about buying it like you think about, man, this is like playing Russian roulette right now. Absolutely, or that yeah. hot dog that's rolling around in the deal. Playing Russian roulette with your colon. Yeah. Um, scary scary proposition, son. Somebody said oatmeal cream pie, way too sweet. Said nobody ever. They make my teeth hurt. But you know my wife's one of those people, like, she doesn't, my wife and I have different palates. She loves stuff that's like spicy or hot. Like okay. loves, and I nothing no don't want no part of that. I like the stuff. I like stuff that's sweet. She's not a big sweet eater. Okay, she's just really with the weird like that in stuff. our house. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. There's here's somebody said uh, currently eating an oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> Lol. Right now. Uh, no, not sure why nobody mentions the Swiss rolls. Yeah, talk about the little debbies. Although now they're Swiss foldover, they're no longer actual rolls. Yeah, the old Swiss cake rolls. Y'all know what really like y'all know what really pisses me off. Ding Seriously. dongs. You know what really you know? grinds my gears. What's it? When I when I finally realized, I don't realize it. Like little Debbie starts selling the Christmas tree cakes, which yes. are like zebra cakes, but they're shaped like Christmas trees. That's correct. And they got the little strawberry filling yeah. in them. They'll start selling them in October, and then usually, like right after Thanksgiving, they stop selling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's I don't understand. Like, let's that. just let's just scoot it up a little more. Like, once you start selling them, like November one, so that way, sell like, it a, through Christmas, like a, or at least like give me like a week out. Yeah. Don't don't have it be like December eighth, and they're like, oh yeah, I already see Valentine's Day cakes on the shelves. Like, no, y'all are doing this all wrong. Yeah. Got it all backwards. Uh, Pastor Smasher says just got done getting a striped burrito and a corn dog in Lano. See, same hey, principle. Yeah. You can't beat that. That's what we're talking about. Uh, Guilty pleasure food was going to Wally's hamburger stand off of Masa. uh, And, oh, oh, Mesa. I'm sure they meant Mesa Drive. It's spelled M-A-S-A. Mesa and Steck for my birthday every year, getting the train wreck chili cheese hot dog on a half-pound hamburger patty. Now, there's a highway. You know. Uh, uh, my mother oh, makes. Way to hell. Uh, my mother makes a gravy with cornmeal and tomato sauce that we pair with fried eggs and tortillas. Also, something called Western burgers, which is all the meat and cheese cooked and mixed up and then wrapped up with dough and. Y'all, y'all go brown. Y'all go brown gravy, cream gravy, or like the Thanksgiving gravy. Yes, to all of the above. <laughs> gravy. I'm. 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 Yeah. Chris, so you're a gravy connoisseur. I'm a gravy Chris. whore. I just, you know, it's got to have gravy. Come again? I just like gravy. Gravy's a gravy good. whore. It's just a gravy, gravy on just about, you know, uh, Thanksgiving, the, 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 the giblet gravy? Yeah. Yes. Uh, chicken fried steak with the white cream gravy? Yes. 
uh, Salisbury steak, hamburger steak with a brown gravy. Yes. So if I if came it's in, gravy, if, I'm on it. If I came in with a boat with a gravy boat full of brown gravy and said, "Here, Craig, here's some brown gravy. You just drink it straight out of the boat." No, no, it's got to be something with it. You okay. know, let me let me eat it on a hockey puck, or let, let, let me let me pour it on uh, on an old shoe. As on, long on as it's a, got on gravy old, on, on it, milk cream pie. I'm I'm on it. Um, uh, oh, Craig, that's pretty disgusting, man. Uh, somebody said the uh, cheeseburger at Dirty had one a week ago. Yeah, that's great. Do you have gravy on it or no? No gravy. I don't. Okay. No, no. That, that, yeah, uh, square pizza. Somebody said a cafeteria. Yep. The super cute. Can you put that in your Twitter bio? Like Voice of the Longhorns, 1049 The Horn, Gravy Horror. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the uh, super cute, juicy cheeseburger at the Exxon station in Spicewood. See, that's exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. That's exactly what you're the talking about. The pizza at the Chevron in Florence. Yeah. Something about that, man. Um, somebody said. After school, Satan is great. Look into it if you if you disagree with the club, you're a bad person. <laughs> because we did the after school Satan uh, story there. Um, I don't know about all that, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Elio said I went to see so the is same this where movie. Where you want to be when Jesus comes back? <laughs> I definitely went to see the same movie more than once, multiple times while I was on dates. Okay. Uh, Ego Waffles. I know there's had to be. Maybe, like, Remember the Titans was probably one I saw multiple times. Okay, there you go. There's got to be some other ones, too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's got to be. At the theater? Yeah. At the theater. Some of those Fast and the Furious movies I know I saw in the theater more than once. Okay. Uh, how about Ego Waffles, buttered, put peanut butter all over it, then top it off with either syrup or honey? Yeah. That looks good. Um, Spam. Cameron, I forgot. Where are you at on the Fast and the Furious movies? Actually. I had this discussion last night with some of my friends because it was oh, in the Oh, preview. okay. All right. Never Spamarama. seen a single That's one. what it is. It's Spamarama. That's, that, that's what it was. Spamarama. Yeah. Fast, Fast X is getting ready to come out. Never seen a single one. And I never and I plan on never ever seeing one. Why? You got to at least see the first one. The first one is a legit good movie. There's points on where well, I think once you get through five. I've seen the first one. Like, okay, I, and, and that was enough for me. Yeah, come on, man! I've seen no, one. You're going to space. Do. You're going to space. I mean, you... I was like I said, once you get past five, then it's like okay, you've really got to suspend disbelief. But like, you got to suspend disbelief for the first five minutes of the first one. The first one is is legitimately a good movie. <laughs> it's a legitimate good movie because it's believable. The plot, the whole plot, is believable. There's nothing in the first movie where you'd be like, oh, there's no way that could happen. Everything's legit. Okay. I, I still won't, won't see it, Jeff. I'm sorry. All right. Y'all are, you're going to miss out. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, there's 10 of them now? That just where you want to be when Jesus comes back? <laughs> <laughs> it's, your, it's your life, your cinematic experience you're missing out on, Cam, not mine. Uh, somebody pointed out about the, the woman selling the body parts. She should have made a lot more money yeah, doing that. Uh, so, yeah, and then they sent a picture of the guy who was buying them, and he has a tattooed eyeball, and, yeah, he's uh, – yeah, he's a special-looking dude. So the, the first Fast and Furious movie is so old, they're stealing TVs with DVD-VHS combos. Yeah, I mean, it was it was made and did come out in 2001, which means that thing was made in 2000. If you had a DVD player right at the turn of the century, dude, you were living high on the hog. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I had a VHS player when those were first coming out, the VHS recorders, you know. Um, it. You know that was that's going back. I'm a pretty sure bit. if I if I look in some of my stuff that I've gotten out of my parents' storage by this point, I'm sure I've got a VHS tape that's got like some Texas football games 
taped on it somewhere. Okay. Well, I still had the gimmick where, you know, you'd push record and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. It's before we had TiVos or DVRs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, our friend MJ from Hearn said, if you're ever in Conroe off of 105, El Bosque is awesome. Great food, great service. That's my guilty pleasure when I'm in the air. Another vote on the uh, Spamarama. Um, uh, spam uh, and cucumber on toast. Okay. Uh, so, some back in my day, my favorite was the Spam Danista chili. <laughs> See? And something like, I, and somebody else, I've had green eggs and spam in Maui, eggs, spinach. And spam. Hey, yeah. real quick to MJ from Hearn. Uh, yeah. I we appreciate the the wax packs, the ninety tops baseball and Donruss baseball. I, I will open that stuff uh, on my Instagram account, just like my Twitter handle. I'm at Jeff Howe two four seven on Instagram. I don't have anything on Instagram blocked because I don't really keep anything pertinent there. A lot of my sports card content goes to Instagram, so that's where I'll open. I, I, I'm opening plenty of packs on Instagram. So, uh, hey, uh, you should know this cam. Nate says, Anchor Bar should be everyone's guilty pleasure. So good. The voice of the spots for Anchor Bar is none other than our Cameron mm-hmm. Parker. Give us yeah. give us some of your Anchor Bar voice. I like that. That's cool. No, give us give us some of that. Well, what's the line? We don't uh, like to brag, but yeah, come on, come on. We don't like to brag, but oh, come on, come we on. We did invent the Buffalo Chicken Wing <laughs> in 1964. I like the one where you go, where it's. Crispy on the outside, tender on the inside. Something like that, right? Yeah, I was in my bag on that one. I don't know. I can't do that every day. Okay. But I do get asked about that a lot and I've Listen, when people when people ask me to to yell say goodnight to this one or yell something like that, you, you, now you know where I stand. Yeah. You know, the people should be asking the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. So it, like, go it, ahead, do a call for me right now in the middle of the yeah, Walmart. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Uh so anyway. Uh there you go. Uh, somebody else. Oh, Bebo Lance Jason, a guilty pleasure. A little Debbie bag of glazed donuts. Craig, I was one. I wonder that, like you, because you know you do some of these off season functions and whatnot, and like early kickoff functions. You ever get like a, a Longhorn fan who's had a little indulged a little too much in the adult beverages coming up to be like, Hey, Craig, yeah, Craig, Craig, do do the Vince Young call. Do yep. the do the Vy call. Yep. Yep. Do you do you indulge them in that or no? Just kind of try to change the subject. I try to chuckle with them I don't, and then kind of move on from there it's not that i'm that i disliked or unhappy with a call or anything like that it's just that you know it had its it had its place its that is time it, 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 it's been a minute since the, vy crossed the goal line yeah and it, it's just kind of goofy to try to relive it to recreate it all that kind of stuff <laughs> over that's for history to hold not for me to recreate over and over, you know. You did recreate it for a Rudy's commercial, though. Once upon a time, didn't you? With the the Rudy's bottles, yeah. <laughs> Where Vince the, the, Young the, is the, a bottle the, of Rudy's the, sauce, yeah. And they had to jump through a lot of hoops oh, I to get all the so, permission yeah. on that deal to do that. So, like, did you have to change voice inflection to avoid some kind of no? But deal? no, I had to change some of the words involved. I know. I that. remember that. Yeah. yeah. Let's see, you know what? I'm gonna see if I can find that on YouTube. I'll do that during the break. So okay, if I can find you do that. On, uh, on coming the up, machine. Yeah, yeah. and uh, coming up, we'll have our Flex Thirty update and our second hour Longhorn Notebook as we continue to light the tower on the Horn one zero four nine one zero one nine AM twelve sixty. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe.
This is life at Tower. I need more cowbell here. Get that cowbell going. I don't hear enough of it. Need more cowbell, Gene. Yeah, one of the great all-time SNL skits. By the way, do you know SNL and Bruce Dickinson, cock of the walk, (laughs) puts his pants on just like everybody else, (laughs) except when he does. He makes gold records. Yeah. Like, you, but you know, like with the Writers Guild strike, you got SNL and all the late night talk shows just, yeah, on hiatus indefinitely. That's exactly right. Could be could be uh, rough on the industry for a time. It really could. Uh, let's uh, jump to our Flex Thirty update if we can. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Cam Parker, throughout the course of this high school baseball season, we have been pointing out that District 25 6A had its race going. District 26 6A had its race going to crown its district champions, to set up its playoff teams. Now comes the time for the two to meet. Finally. So give the lowdown to folks what, what what's what's on the horizon for these for these eight playoff teams, four from each district there in the by district round. So Round Rock will open up against Buda Johnson, a great baseball program. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, game one will be at Round Rock Diamond. Game two, Buda. Game three, to be decided. Westlake will open up against their um, their friends across the way at Vandergriff. So that'll be a really fun uh, matchup. Westlake, Vandergriff in round one. Um, then you have, let me pull up the max preps. You have Lake Travis versus Round Rock Westwood. Uh, Lake Travis, um, I believe they're going to have Caden Leone on, on game one. And then Vister Ridge and Bowie. Vister Ridge was the second place team in 25-6A. Because they, 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 uh, they won that seeding game against, against Westwood, Westwood on yeah. Saturday, right? There was about, I lost kind of how many seeding games they were. They played until Lake Travis had to play Bowie on uh, Monday night for the seeding game. Wow. Just to decide where they would be at. So Westwood and Lake Travis will meet in the first round. So theoretically, if Round Rock wins their their first two playoff series westwood win or westlake excuse me wins their first two playoff series we're going to have a potential westlake round rock series which is going to feature a combination of probably like three four five future possibly texas baseball players so that'll be a really fun tournament wow uh meanwhile in uh 5a Georgetown, of course, is a district yeah. champion. They're going to play going Navarro. Back to back, Craig. Yeah, they're going to play Navarro Early College in by district. Uh, Elgin, Pflugerville, and Eastview all got wins in their final games. They got them into the playoffs. Elgin, the two seed, they're going to play Crockett mm-hmm. in the by district round. Pflugerville, the three seed, they're going to play Lassa in by district. Pflugerville, by the way, got in with a 13 and 17 overall record, but nine and five in the that? district. How about that? And uh, Eastview by beating Conley. Uh, claim the four seed, and they're going to play McCallum. McCallum went perfect in yeah. district. You were talking about Round Rock doing it. McCallum did it as well. And also, Craig, Eastview and McCallum had played each other in pretty much every sports playoffs this season. They played, they did it in basketball, both girls right. and boys, doing it again here in baseball. Did they play each other in softball? I mean, yeah. good Lord, they must be getting sick of each other. <laughs> so here it is uh, happening. Uh, McCallum had uh, knocked out uh, Eastwood and uh, – or had beaten Eastside, excuse me – on uh, Saturday, and uh, 
Navarro got in as the fourth seed in district. Uh, Lassa wrapped up the two seed uh, in that seeding game at Berger on Monday by beating Crockett in that. And then um, Cedar Park beat Liberty Hill on Monday at home, as we talked about, the seeding game to get the top seed for the postseason. So they split their district matchups. Cedar Park against Kerrville-Tivy in by district. And uh, then Liberty Hill against Bernie Champion. Hayes, a sweep of Lehman to pick up the third seed. They'll play Smithson Valley. And uh, it'll be Rouse against New Braunfels Canyon. So there it is. Your uh, 6A and 5A. You mentioned these uh, uh, these plays. Also, Hutto will play Mansfield-Lake Ridge in the uh, by-district round of the playoffs. I want to make sure we got that one in there. I think we got in all of the other ones there. I've got, or if y'all are done, I've just got one more before we wrap up the flex segment. Yeah. Uh, kind of a, a cleanup from yesterday yep. uh, or earlier this week. When we were running down the uh, local prospects that were drafted, yes. I missed one. Also taken in the sixth round, you had Deuce Vaughn mm-hmm. from Cedar Ridge going to the sixth round. Yep. Elijah Higgins from Bowie. Right. O'Shawn Mathis from Maynard. Absolutely. I, I forgot to mention O'Shawn Mathis. So everybody in Maynard, I apologize. Nobody got on to me about that. I just realized after the fact that I omitted O'Shawn. So my apologies to. Wham Nation. Hopefully everything's going great over at Main Number. Yes, it's awesome for him to get drafted. Yeah. I always like when the Austin area kids get drafted. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So there it is. There is your Flex 30 update for the day. It's time now for our second hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. But I just want to clarify some basketball uh, in case you missed it. Zerico Yema, the UTEP transfer, finishing up his official visit to Texas today. He's the uh, 6'8 forward. I, I like him for the Christian Bishop role with the potential to have that role expanded. And then Kendall Weaver from UTA, WAC Freshman of the Year. Uh, he just checked in this morning, uh, got got into town for his official visit, so he'll start his today. Uh, that He's a massive priority for Texas because we know the Longhorns need guards mm-hmm. in the worst way possible. you got Max Smith locked in. We think they'll get Tyrese Hunter back. We expect them to get Tyrese Hunter back, but – for sure, they need guards regardless, and Kendall Weaver would definitely give them a huge boost. I found out, Craig, there was no overlap in the recruitment with uh, Chris Ogden either. So that's uh, this is a fresh this is a fresh deal for the staff. There you go. So okay. I, did, I I went and checked on that. I know because you asked me about that a yeah. couple of weeks ago. And yeah, got some clarification on that. Uh, let's talk Texas football. Uh, did you have something you wanted to add, nope. there, Craig? Okay, nope. you nope. took a deep breath. Like I didn't know if you're going to. I was something. just taking a deep breath. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I always like to double check. Mm. Uh, I, want, I want to talk uh, a little Texas football. Uh, and we talked about this yesterday on the show a little bit, uh, but we really got into it on Longhorn Blitz. And it's it's Sark going into year three and kind of where other coaches have been going into their third year and where it looks like Sark really has a, a point to take off. And, and I started thinking about this, and, and Rod mentioned it, and I, I kind of got to thinking about this. You know, when, when you look at programs when they're in year three, Mac, what was Texas that year in two thousand nine and three that ended with the Holiday Bowl loss to to Oregon? Joey Harrington. Um, you know, you look at Charlie Strong in year three. Obviously, that ended the way it ended. Mm-hmm. Tom Herman in year three, coming off the Sugar Bowl win, you go eight and five, seven seven win regular season wasn't what anybody hoped it would be. And I start going into year three. And usually, I think when you and I said yesterday, and I mentioned it on the Blitz, too, that the proof will be in the pudding. But I think, Craig, what it boils down to is year three is usually the year where you figure out, especially if you're a blue blood program like Texas, that's usually when you figure out, is this guy the right guy or not? You know, yeah. even though 
The caveat there would be Max third year did include that that sixty four thirteen loss to Oklahoma, which I think accelerated the clock on how much time you've got to get this thing going. I think in the general mm-hmm. public's view, uh, a bit but, of number dyslexia. Sixty three fourteen. Sixty three fourteen. My bad. They it was all, bad. They all kind of. There was together. also a sixty five to thirteen in yeah. 03, Yeah, the sixty three fourteen loss. Uh, but that Oklahoma team went on to win the national championship that yep. year. So it's you know it's not like Texas lost to a bad football team. But I think you could tell by you know after that Oklahoma loss, kind of the Sims Applewhite thing really ended up working itself out that year because Major took over after the OU game until he got hurt, and then it was Chris Sims not having to look over his shoulder toward the end of the year. And I mean, you go back, I, I was st- even if, just look at the numbers. Even if you include some of those quarters that Vince Young had throwing the football, there might not be a better quarter. A Texas, uh, well, maybe you look at maybe Casey Thompson's second quarter in the OU Gamers first right. quarter. The third quarter Chris Sims had in the A&M game that year in 2000 may be the most prolific quarter throwing the football any Texas quarterback has ever had. I mean, it was something like six for seven for like 200 yards and three touchdowns, just something ridiculous. And Roy Sloan and BJ all scored in that third quarter when those guys we're getting to the end of their freshman year. And even I thought, you know, his interception total was pretty high, but down the stretch I thought he played really well in the Holiday Bowl. But bottom line, it worked itself out, and by the end of 2000 you figure, okay, yeah, we can take Texas seriously as a national championship contender, as a contender in the Big 12, but then all of a sudden it's now not can you go in, it's can you scale Mount Oklahoma. That became the obstacle after the 2000 season. But I think that's kind of where it is for Sark, and I really do feel like because we figured this out with Charlie Strong, we figured this out with Tom Herman too. Your roster is in a place where you should be competing for a conference championship. You could be, you should be contending for a conference championship. And if it's not, it's not going to be because you didn't have enough talent. It's probably because you, as the head coach, failed somewhere along the line. And maybe you're not the right guy. You know, Mac Brown ultimately was the right guy. Charlie Strong wasn't, and Tom Herman wasn't. And I think we kind of figured that out right after the end of that 2019 regular season when. It was another staff overhaul, and at that point, you're like, "Oh, dude, here we go again." You know, we got a coach that realizes he's under the gun, and he's gonna, you know, get rid of half the staff and turn this thing over. And then you had the pandemic, which is a whole different ball of wax. But that's kind of where I'm at with, and I I think this is a good coaching staff, Craig. I really do. And we, I've Mm -hmm. seen, I know you can certainly pick apart things that Sark has not done well. Like you know, in-game management adjustments, things like that. Whatever it is, you can certainly pull it, point to things that Sark has not done well. Where he, areas where he needs to improve, but I feel like I've seen enough positive signs uh, that make me feel like he can make the necessary improvements to get Texas over the hump. And really, where it boils down to, if you look at where Texas needs to improve year over year, I think it's two areas. One, Rod points this out. Sark's success rate going against coaches that have won at least 60% of his of their games, which means you're coaching against the better coaches on your schedule. Mm-hmm. Sark hasn't had the best record there. Uh, and I also think getting things turned around when you talk about one-possession games, one-score games. Like every loss Texas had last year was by seven points or less. So can you as the head coach, and in Sark's case, it's even more under the microscope because he's the play caller, can you as the coach now give your team the schematic advantage it needs to push to push to break the tape before the opponent in those one score games? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of steps you're talking about Texas taking because we've seen Craig in conference championship games, weird things can happen. So I don't think it's necessary. I don't want to use the word fair because really in life what is fair. But that's why I'm not putting that hard line expectation of 
Texas has to go win the Big 12 championship this year. I think if you get to Arlington, if you get there. It's the next step forward for the program. It's probably going to take at least nine, but more likely ten wins for you Mm -hmm. to get there. And then if you win that game, you're either in a New Year's Six Bowl by way of being the conference champion, or if you lose that game, maybe you're still, maybe you get into the playoff, or maybe you're in the New Year's Six as an at large. But basically, if you get to Arlington, more likely than not, you're going to be playing in the New Year's Six, which again is the next logical step. As good as the Alamo Bowl is, as convenient as it is, I don't think this fan base wants to be back in San Antonio for the postseason. I don't think the program does either. I don't think so. So that's, but to get there, I think that's where Sark has to grow. Is what can you do? How can you evolve? How can you develop as a coach to make sure you're doing the right things? And the same thing for Jeff Banks, and the same thing for Pete Kwiatkowski as the respective coordinators in their areas. Can you get to the point where you're giving your team a schematic advantage that can get them over the top in those tight ball games? Yeah. Where necessarily you didn't last year. Last year it wasn't a schematic advantage because when you got th- you broke you pushed through in those close games. Turn around, handed to Bijan. Turn around, handed to, Ro- uh, to Roshan, and they right. would carry you across the finish line. You don't have that luxury now. It's got to be part Quinn Ewers' development, your offensive line development. But I think from an offensive standpoint, it's also Sark's growth as a play caller. Uh, you know, it's with regard to setting out the specific goals and what should be targets uh, for Texas as a program to reach. Uh, we find out sometimes that it's a moving target. Uh, the one that's not moving is trying, obviously, to get to the conference championship mm-hmm. game. Um, and there's always debate among fans about, you know, was there, was there progress last year? Well, they went from five wins to eight wins. I would say it's progress. It and might not be progress you like, but it's progress. That's that's where I was going next because some folks say, well, that's not good enough. Nobody, nobody disputes that. Nobody is disputing where it's, quote, unquote, good enough. We're talking about did it take a step forward with progress? Mm-hmm. And so however they fit, whether it fit their definition of how much progress there should have been, that's a different discussion about whether there was progress or not going from five wins to eight wins. There was progress. But was there enough in terms of to satisfy everybody? Of course not. And certainly not even the program yeah. itself. This year, most folks seem to kind of, at least logically, view the next step in the progress being getting to the Big 12 championship game. Uh, whether you win it or not, whether you're the, the the favorite or not going into the thing, that would be the next. Because if you get to nine wins but don't get to the championship game, it would be minimal progress at best at that point. That's improvement by one game. Mm-hmm. And uh, that might not, you know, it, it, and again, this is the sliding scale part that I'm talking about. Uh, the target shifts because the schedule's different. Too. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, other than Alabama being on the schedule is different this year than it was last year. Mm-hmm. So, those are all the things that get measured in. But a significant step forward in the area of progress would be to get to Arlington. That would be because. Schedule changes notwithstanding and yeah. other things going on. Uh, again, that's a tangible, viable step forward for the program if Wait, it were to happen. What was Kansas State last year, Craig? I, I, I looked this up. Uh, were they 9-3 and three in the regular season that's last correct. year? They were 9-3? and three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they finished 10-4 and because they lost yep. the Sugar Bowl to Alabama. Yep. 
That's one of those deals like you say, well, they got to win 10 in the, in the regular season. Well, oh, that's where you talk about that moving target. you got to win 10. Well, okay, what if the Big 12 is better than we think? What if 10 wins doesn't get you to Arlington? Yeah. Or Are you if, satisfied at that point? Or what if what if 9 is good enough to get you there? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know. It's, that, that's why I say it's a moving target on that. It, we used to, it used to be, and this is for real. This is for real. We used to have people that would call in or, or text or whatever that would say, is as long well it'd be back in the days of calling in not texting as long as they beat a&m and oklahoma i'm okay with even if it's just above 500 you know <laughs> uh, you know i'm like what that you know that's not how this program is measuring yeah. itself either and it should but be. but folks have different my point is is that folks have different levels of evaluation of progress and and all i'm here to say is that's all well and good and that in 450 will get you a latte at Starbucks. My point yeah. is that the program, that the coaches, that the players have the standard in the program and, and the measuring stick of progress that they have could be vastly different than everybody else's. But, you know, theirs matters an awful lot as they, as they try to put forth the effort and the work to get into. I, I always like to try to find something redeeming about a season. That's why I think, like, the the twenty the 2000 season is tough because you do have that loss to OU, but you did beat A&M. Mm-hmm. So it's not a total loss. And nothing, you know, you could tell that team was on a trajectory, even though you knew Casey Hanson and Sean Rogers and Leonard Davis and some of those guys were gone. You're like, okay, this team's going to be really good next year anyway. Um like you look at last year, I think one of the reasons why probably an eight eight and four regular season is easier for some people to swallow. You beat Oklahoma forty nine nothing. You may never ever. There's probably a decent chance. I'll just say the word decent. There's probably a decent chance you'll never see that big a blowout. Uh, Texas over OU that game a uh, shutout blowout shutout. In you should in in, in in the because we expect Oklahoma to be better regardless of how good you think Texas will be. You will. None of us may live to ever see that again. Forty nine to nothing. So that one game alone represents a, a, a progress yeah. step. Blow, blowouts in that game. It's like sitting down to like the best steak dinner you've ever had, and then like Debbie Downer suddenly sits down at the table, and you get to a point where you're like, dude, I can't even enjoy this. Like it's not. Yeah. This I, I wanted this experience to be so so much different. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 a lot different there. That game is that game. Uh, regardless of who wins, that game is so much fun when it's close. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I I'm here to tell you it didn't suck when last the, year to call that. That did not suck because I've been on the opposite side of that deal. Yeah, but when the, I, you know I was in the booth with Bill Schoening for sixty three fourteen. I called play by play on sixty five thirteen. 55-17-63-21 was my 63, first game as a, as a yeah. media member. Yeah. I'll tell you this, too, before we, uh, before, before we hit the break. That game is awesome when the pucker factor is real for 93,000-plus that, that are in that stadium That's true. in the fourth quarter. We'll be back to wrap it up today here on Light the Tower on the Horn. Done for today. Hey, two things, Craig, real quick. One, uh, MJ from Hearn, my Instagram is at Jeff Howe 247 on Instagram. No spaces or... Uh, yeah, you know, dashes or nothing. Uh, and then somebody wanted to let us know, Craig, Highway 71 westbound, the bridge at the I-30 toll road, or the 130 toll road, and 71 is shut down. So they are turning everyone around, headed back to Bastrop. I waited for over two hours to get out of it. So yeah. if you're driving around by the airport, please be forewarned that it's a cluster over there, apparently. Uh, thanks to those of you who uh, 
all weighed in with your guilty pleasure foods. Try to get to as many as we could today. Indulge yourselves. Have a good day. I will be out tomorrow. You'll hear from me Friday morning in Lawrence, Kansas. But Jeff Howe will be I'll here. I'll rank the ponchos locations in the state tomorrow. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next here on Light the Tower. We'll talk to you next time.